Hello, my friends. Brett Patterson coming at you from the financial capital of the West Salt Lake City, Utah, on this fine late summer afternoon, joined by my partner, friend, colleague, big guy. You're big. The big guy. <laughs> Brian. How are we doing, Brian? Good, Brett. How are you doing? Ah, oh, living the dream, my friend, and very excited for the topic today because what we're going to do is we're going to merge two topics. One topic that I know we both love, which is the notion of buying great businesses, equities, stocks, right? Buying great businesses. And the other is risk. And I want to handle the risk, and then we're going to come back to the buying great companies. Okay? As you know, Brian, as we meet with clients that are getting ready to retire or are in retirement, one of the greatest things they're afraid of is losing the capital or the principal that they have saved so long and hard for. I mean, that's that's usually on the top of their mind, would you say? Yeah, I think it is. Um, I, well, I know it is. I, I know that's a top of mind a lot of times for for people and for clients that they worry that their timing's bad that you know right now is not a good time to get in the market it, it seems like there's always something out there and always a lots always lots of reasons why now's not the time to invest yep yeah and even if it is the time to invest which everyone's kind of skittish about right when they retire it's Hey, the one thing I can't do, Brian and Brett, I can't lose the money that I have. Yeah. And we agree, but it makes people too nervous to invest where they should be invested. And that's what we're going to talk about here in a second. But I want to bring up, that's the clients, one of their greatest fears and in their mind is their greatest risk is losing the money that they've worked so long and hard uh, to earn. I think our risk, as we look at it, we don't dismiss that risk. We understand it maybe a little differently than them and try to educate, as we will do today. But our greatest fear for people is the idea that their money gets eroded by inflation and they lo- it's called purchasing power risk. Mm-hmm. That a dollar today is not going to be worth the same dollar in two, three, four decades, however long they need that money. Right. It's a real issue today because uh, you look at where interest rates are today. You know the ten-year Treasury at one and one and a half percent, let's say, um, and and we have you know inflation at or a near two percent. So right there, if you want to be safe and secure, or put your money in the bank and and uh, so to speak, safe investments, you're guaranteed to essentially lose money over time. And then if you talk about the craziness of Globally, what's going on in uh, in Europe and other parts of the world where you have negative interest rates? You're you basically and put your money in in a bank uh, in Europe, and in ten years you're going to have less money coming back to you. Not not just purchase power, but actual less money because they're actually you have to pay them to hold your money, which is crazy. Yeah, this is insane. Yep, you mentioned Germany. The only positive yield in Germany is a thirty year. That's it. Everything else is negative. So yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a crazy environment in which we live. And so as investment advisors, uh, and I'll throw Spencer in here, Spencer does financial planning and helps people gear and plan for the rest of their life. You know, that purchasing power is a huge risk. And so how do we combat that purchasing power? And what do people need to understand regarding 
their greatest fear, which is, hey, losing the principle that I already have, have and have saved for. And in our mind, it boils down to buying great companies. Yeah. And I want to throw some stuff at you, Brian. Okay. And I'm going to use some research, and this research is a few years old, but it gathers the principle, right, the principle that we're talking about. And that is, if someone in 1975 were planning for a three, four-decade you know, retirement, which is generally what we're looking at now, they invest a million dollars in the S&P 500, not in any you know, 12 greatest companies, which in our mind we do, but just the S&P 500. So they're indexers. In 2014, think about this. 2014 alone, just that one single year had they stayed invested in dividend income, they would have made $445,000. That's... In dividend income. That's amazing. In one year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, all during that time, they had received hundreds of thousands of dollars in dividends, you know, over that time frame. Yep. Yeah. That's just one year. Yeah, right. In one year on that million-dollar investment, that's a 44% return. Right. Yeah, dividend yield. Uh, so <laughs> On your original cost basis. Yeah. insane. Isn't yeah. that good? So, uh, so back in 2014, the dividend on the S&P 500 was $39.55. To put that into perspective, in 2018, four years later, the dividend is $53.61. Yeah. So that $445,000 income you know, four years ago, five years ago. It's gone up dramatically. Gall. Just in four years. You're looking at 55% returns now. Yeah. All in equities. Okay. So here's the thing with inflation. So what that portfolio in just one year of dividend income is up 45%. Inflation. So how does this protect us from inflation? Inflation from 75 to today is up four times. So, Brian, would that dividend income alone have protected them from purchasing power risk with a four times inflation increase? Without a doubt. <laughs> <laughs> pretty pretty good results. In fact, you, your purchasing power would have gone up dramatically um, just through dividends. So, yeah, it's, it's been great. Very rewarding for somebody that I keep telling my dad, "Why didn't you buy me, you know, a couple of shares of Berkshire Hathaway when I was born, <laughs> 1964? Come on, uh, come on, come on, Should, Unsaker. Come on, Fred. Why didn't you do that? If Fred's listening to this. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Now we're talking just about dividends. We're not talking about price appreciation. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now let me throw this next thing at you. Talk about purchasing power risk. As far as price appreciation, a million dollars at the end of 1975 to the end of 2014 would have been, this is not counting dividends, we've already counted those, would have been $22 million. Wow. Imagine if you'd have reinvested those dividends. It would have been crazy. If you wouldn't have taken the cash income. Right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. But if you need that cash to live off of, right. you still, and now think about that inflation, which is up four times. And you've got one million to twenty-two million, oh, twenty-two times, and a forty-five percent return every year plus with just dividends. Yeah. So speak to me, Brian, because the whole notion is that equities are too risky in retirement. Our argument is the exact opposite. Why? Why is that 
Why do people need to understand that, or why is that argue? Why is that our argument? I yeah, you know, it seems like I, I'm a broken record, and I say this a lot, but it's really people focus on the day to day or the month to month market volatility, and they have a difficult time looking out three, five, and ten years, or even twenty years. And most people in their sixties may live another 20, 30 years, forty, forty years even. I mean, the life expectancy of people is upper middle class, ninety-two years old. Right, ninety-two years old. So if you're 60, you might live another 30, 30 plus years. And do you want to lock your money up in short-term, you know, or even long-term government bonds? You know, hey, it's safe, but you're going to get one and a half to two percent, as opposed to you know this this scenario here where we're talking putting your money into great businesses that are going to compound and grow your wealth over a long period of time and also maintain your purchasing power. We really believe it's a no-brainer to think long-term, buy great businesses, and let that money compound and grow. But we get caught up in the volatility, volatility. which is not risk. It's not. People think, I, I think there's this, Belief that if you if you're invested in stocks, that it's risky, and I I don't believe that. I I try to tell people that when you buy great businesses and you have a long term horizon, um, that's not that's not risky. Uh, yes, you do have volatility. Volatility is not risk. I think the the to me risk is the potential or probability that you lose your capital permanently. And volatility can be risk if you have a short time horizon, less than three years, less than, you know, three to five years. If that's short term, yes, volatility does equal risk. But if you're talking five, 10, 20 years, volatility is not risk. It's just volatility. It's just market movements. Yep, yep, that's it. So Nick Murray, who you know I love. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, financial advisor, um, educator slash, I don't know, author. He's great, yeah. He writes some great stuff, but he said this, and we'll end on this, because I think is perfect. He says, this is the ultimate irony. It is the risky equities that provide the greatest long-term safety of principle. Think about that. Yeah. It is equities, in our minds, great businesses that we're buying that provide the greatest long-term safety of principle. It's not bonds. It's not, it's not. gosh, gold. <laughs> it's yeah. good businesses. Right. Period. Enough said? Enough said. Oh. I mean, that is absolutely <laughs> the case. Owning a great a portfolio of great businesses over a long period of time I can't think of a better way or better use of your money and a better way to compound your wealth and provide a good, solid retirement. That is really the best way to do it. Yep. Yeah, and it it combats that inflation as we just talked about sharing the numbers. The one thing and the reason why we're doing a podcast like this is because we want to educate people that although there may be short-term volatility and volatility that may last for a year, which is short-term, compared to a 30, 40 year retirement. Look past that. And it's what Nick Murray's saying, that equities provide the greatest long-term safety of principle, period.
I totally buy that. Enough said. <laughs> and you know, if we think if we think about, you know, we eat our own cooking here at Iron Gate. I know you, Brett. I know myself. Do you, do you own any bonds? I don't own any <laughs> bonds. I mean, my money is invested where my you know where my wallet is. I we guess. we I put mean, yeah we eat our own cooking. We put our money where our mouth is. Yeah. I'm taking the same options and the same stocks as we do for clients. No question. Right. Uh, and we believe it, and that's why we do it. And so that, my friends, hopefully that that helps resonate as to the thinking that you need to have. If you have any questions, want us to walk you through your own plan in coming up with the best solution for you, which does involve owning great businesses and companies. Yeah, let's do it. Let us know. We'll, we'll run it through. All right, Brian? Sounds good. All right, my friends. With that, we'll say bye now. See ya. This is a purely public broadcast and is not intended to be personalized financial advice for any individual's specific situation. Each individual's financial situation is unique, and the topics discussed on this broadcast should not be relied upon and or considered as personalized advice. Specific financial securities discussed are not intended to address any listener's particular financial situation and should not be considered recommendations. This is for educational purposes only. For more information, please contact Iron Gate Global Advisors at info at or by calling 888-591-0334.